Welcome to Switch the Envelope Presents Cinovations, a look at the history of innovations from the world of cinema. My name is Corey. And I'm Jeff. Our show tonight is sponsored by Miyagi-Do Karate. If you have an absentee father and are looking for a way to get into the All-Valley Karate Tournament, then try Miyagi-Do Karate. Let's get into the show. Talking movies every week. Talking movies every week. Sinovation. 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 Hosted by Jeff and Corey. All right, this is um, Switch the Envelope presents Sinovations, Episode 1, Pixelization. Uh, first read. Today's movies are filled with digitally created images. Modern audiences have come to expect that a majority of visual effects elements in movies are created digitally. From background replacement, set extension, explosions and toppling skylines, to digitally animated cartoons, and even movies made completely inside a computer that are billed as live action. Computer-generated images have become a big part of what we see on screen. And with the overabundance of digital images out there, We've come to take for granted some of the more nuanced ways in which CGI has integrated itself into our entertainment. One such effect is pixelization. Pixelization nowadays is most commonly associated with blocking out butts or boobs, or preventing us from seeing which swear word was just used by a certain angry reality TV chef. But you know where pixelization is most commonly needed, right? Where? On shows with people that you don't want to see naked. Like on those survival shows, like Naked and Afraid, when some dude's walking around in the woods with just a hunting knife and his balls hanging out. Are we all right? Are we still doing it? Hey guys, back back to the show, guys. Innovations take four hundred and ninety-four. Let's uh, let's try to get it right this time, guys. And we're rolling. No more distractions. Just trying to make it to virtual Comic Con. And we're rolling. Believe it or not, the origin of the art of pixelization in moving pictures is also the origin of digital animation. There are few iconic names that are associated with the dawn of digital animation. John Lasseter and Pixar probably come to mind. Is that the Lasseter that always had to work with Sean and Gus? Uh, a diff different Lasseter. Yeah, gotcha. It, it might be his brother. I'm not sure. Take 734. But it was a different John, his son, a high-profile computer tech company, and a low-budget sci-fi film that would set in motion the dawn of computer images in cinema. In 1973, writer and filmmaker Michael Crichton was at work directing his iconic sci-fi film about an ill-fated theme park where the attractions turned violent against its guests. No, not that one about dinosaurs. The other Crichton pen story about sentient auto-animatronic android cowboys. That's right, the original sci-fi western film Westworld, starring the steely-eyed and in much need of work, Yul Brenner. They made then, a Westworld starring the guy from Annie? Is, is Yul Brenner in Annie? No. Isn't he, isn't he, uh... He's not Daddy Warbucks. He's not Daddy Warbucks? I don't, I mean, they both Or is he Poonjab? No, is he Poonjab? No, no. But he did oh. play the King of Siam in The King and I. Oh, he's The King and I. Gotcha. Yeah, he is. Who the so, hell is I mean, Daddy Warbucks? Uh, some other bald dude. <laughs> oh, hey Al, hey okay. Al, who who played Daddy <laughs> Wrong Warbucks show. in the original? Al is not on this show. Hey guys, uh, can we stay on topic? Just, just stick to the script, please. All right, take oh, whatever. 
Brenner's gunslinger character hunts down a guest played by a very Burt Reynolds-looking Richard Benjamin using his high-tech gunslinger android vision. Crichton had high hopes for the visual effects of his film. He needed someone with big computing power and the know-how to achieve his vision. He approached the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, you know, the rocket guys who helped NASA send people to the moon. Well, JPL sent the production a quote of nine months development for a staggering $200,000. Seeing as this was too high a post-production cost against the film's total budget, Crichton and his producers turned to famed experimental filmmaker John Whitney Sr. John Whitney was the visionary responsible for some of the more abstract, semi-digital looking visual effects from Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey from 1969. Whitney's scheduling conflicts prevented him from taking the job, but he directed the film's production team to another revolutionary filmmaker who was starting to experiment with computer-generated images. That filmmaker was his son, John Whitney Jr. John Whitney Jr. told Crichton and company he could come up with a visual solution to their problem in four months for a measly $20,000. The problem of having access to a powerful computer that could output to film was still an issue. Seeing as personal computers were nearly a decade away, and most computers of the time still filled up entire rooms, the solution needed to be unique to their needs and cost-effective. Enter Information International Incorporated, or III, as it is commonly known. Okay, who commonly knew that they were III? Was there like Never a bunch heard of, of this company before. standing around saying triple I? Like common fucking lingo from the kids? What the hell, guys? Who wrote this copy? Oh, you going down to triple I? They got computers and stuff. Apparently, triple I was like the 70s 7 Eleven. <laughs> it was like, yeah, we don't have time in the 70s to say informational, international, incorporated. This is too many, it's too many syllables. Like just triple yeah. I. In between gas shortages and friggin' getting rid of Nixon, they had triple I. Yeah. They were like, Jimmy Carter wouldn't, wouldn't say all those words. <laughs> no, of course not. He's a peanut farmer. Yeah, he's a peanut farmer. He'd keep it simple. He would just say, triple I. It's a pain me anyway. I don't care. Just keep the fucking thing rolling. Triple I was a computer company founded in 1962 by Edward Friedkin a famed digital physicist and computation pioneer who invented reverse computing and the revolutionary universal Friedkin gate. He's freaking awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) You don't have any idea what any of that means or who he is, do you? Nope. Back to the show. Triple I was uniquely suited due to their main business of computer to film output for microfilm and printing. John and his animation partner Gary Demos convinced III to let them rent the computers during off hours at night and on the weekends so they could work on the sequences for Westworld. During those overnight sessions, they were able to scan the 70 millimeter film prints into the computer, then divide the output screen into a grid of equal squares. The computer then calculated the average hue for the image section in each square and created a solid fill color to replace the scanned image. The process was repeated until the full scanned image was replaced. And BAM! Pixelization in film was born! Crichton's Westworld became the first motion picture to use computer-generated images, and Whitney Jr. and Demos would be responsible for setting in motion the most impactful technological advancement in cinema since color film. They would go on to inspire George Lucas to create a digital arm of ILM that would later become Pixar with a short proof-of-concept digital animation of X-Wings in flight 
for The Empire Strikes Back in 1979. And ironically, would be laughed off the Disney lot for suggesting digitally animated characters were the wave of the future. It's true, some innovators don't get as much credit as those who succeeded by standing on their shoulders. But to John Whitney and company, we salute you for your true Cinovations. This has been Switch the Envelope presents Cinovations. Thank you for hanging around with us. Hopefully you had a freaking good time. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review. And we'll see you next time on Switch the Envelope presents Cinovations. Talking movies every week. Talking movies every week. Cinovation. 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 Hosted by Jeff and Corey. That's it. I'm going back to my job at Trader Joe's. This was the last one. The following has been a Riff Laugh production.